This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He's the head coach of the New York Jets. He is Robert Sala. The mantra's all gas, no break. The, the big thing I'll say is don't judge us on the past, but judge us on what we do from this day forward. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. ESPN senior writer Jackie McMullen. ESPN NFL analyst Louis Riddick. Plus, from NBC Good Girls, Christina Hendricks. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I am your humble host. Uh, I am in a cardigan. I am uh, Emmy nominated and fully vaccinated. (laughs) Happy Friday, everybody. (laughs) Wow. That's how I'm coming on the air on NBC Sports on Peacock. This Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate terrestrial Sirius XM Channel 211 Odyssey is a way for you to stream us for free uh, as well. Everywhere. In your ear gate, uh, for your eye gate, we're all about Peacock. We are all about our friends at Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to get us every single day uh, and, and see the beauty, see the magic. Um, at Rich Eisen Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. I want to hear from you. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Uh, everybody's had their schedules in their hands of their favorite teams for 24, 48 hours. We're, we're, up, uh, we're up for, well, <laughs> it's really about uh, 48 hours for uh, those who leaked it. Um, <laughs> about 24 plus for those who actually got it. So, um, so for everybody else and Jim Nance who got it just 24 hours ago, uh, you know, <laughs> check it all out. Do we know that Jim Nance has it? <laughs> He, he might not still have it yet. Everybody should check that video out. It's uh, you, you could see it at Rich Eisen Show as well. Uh, I posted it because I, I posted it during the uh, during the actual uh, schedule release show, and the only way I can do it on my phone is through the Rich Eisen Show portal. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, at any rate, long story short, um, uh, we have the schedules. We're all over them. We're going to talk about it with Lewis Riddick and Mike Florio today of ESPN Monday Night Football and Pro Football Talk uh, as well. And um, part of the reason that we're having Mike Florio on is because didn't I tell you that it was awfully quiet in the city of Houston? There was an awful quiet calm about Deshaun Watson, his lawyer and the lawyers, uh, the lawyer for uh, the uh, accusers of Deshaun Watson. And it had been awfully quiet. And I said, I'm I'm reading the tea leaves to say there's been some sort of settlement talk. There's got to be a settlement talk going on because the lawyer for the uh, the accusers of Deshaun Watson um, is uh, is somebody who just takes to Instagram and posts a lot, like he's a 16 year old in in high school. And um, sure enough, there's a new post today from uh, from lawyer Tony Busby saying that the concept that uh, he was the one to approach Deshaun Watson for uh, a settlement um, is uh, is is off target or. He used Mike Del Tufo vernacular, actually. The, the last words of his post was, my ass. So, um, or, or unless, he watched, unless he watched J.B. Smoove on the show yesterday talk about one of his more infamous Curb Your Enthusiasm scenes. So, so uh, there's now arguing back and forth between whether there were settlement talks and if there were, who approached who and who wants it to stay quiet and who doesn't. And I'm not going to get into the whole back and forth. That's why we're going to have the lawyer and Mike Florio on to actually describe what is going on here, because to me, this is the crux as to whether Deshaun Watson can either be a viable quarterback in the NFL 
or is this thing going to get turned over to criminal charges or not? Like, is this a civil case? What is it? What is going on here? And if Deshaun Watson can play football, if he is going to be maybe a suspended player in the NFL for a quarter of a season, what if it's this year? And if that's the case, then uh, the drafting of Davis Mills, he's on the clock. And does Deshaun Watson come back and play the final 12 months for the Tex- uh, 12 weeks for the Texans? Or does he want out anyway? Does he get out this summer? This is a, an important conversation for assuming a, a viable quarterback in the NFL is going to actually have something going on in 2021, which is what I believe is going to wind up being the case. Unless, of course, Deshaun Watson winds up facing serious criminal charges, then that's a whole different ball of wax. But that's part of the reason why we're having Florio on this program. Uh, Jack, Jackie McMullen is first. She wrote an incredible piece uh, in advance of this weekend's pro, uh, that's the football guy on me, Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, ceremonies that are going down this weekend. Kobe Bryant goes into the Hall of Fame. Um, Duncan goes into the Hall of Fame. What a what a group it is. Garnett, correct, Christopher? Yeah. Gee, man. Your guy goes into the big Hall time. of Fame. This is a big-time class. Uh, we already had Mike Breen on earlier this. Well, it's, it's, it's last year's class and, and this year's yeah, class finally getting its induction ceremony. This is what we're going to see this summer uh, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that the speeches started yesterday to make sure they all get in for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, for the Baseball Hall of Fame, I, I think well, they just they don't induct anybody, right? They just nobody gets in because Doesn't their voting process. Way. Yeah, sorry, nobody gets in, right? Only only one toe of shilling sock gets in. Oh wow! So at any rate, the Basketball Hall of Fame ceremonies uh, are this weekend, and she wrote a remarkable piece about hor- about a text that Jordan received from Kobe, the last text he received from Kobe, because Michael Jordan is the one who's inducting Kobe Bryant into the hall posthumously this weekend. And we'll talk about what's going on in the association with Jackie McMullen as well. I'll tell you what, you know, I go back and forth on whether I like this, um, whether I like this playing game or not. Oh, yeah? I do, because right now I'd love to basically say, with all due respect to the Memphis Grizzlies and San Antonio Spurs, you know, I'd rather have your seventh seed be LeBron and your eighth seed be Golden State. Right, right now, the conversation, if there was no play-in, would be, can the Grizzlies and the Warriors, you know, what would that be? Who will be eight or nine going into the final weekend? That would be the drama, essentially. But with the play-in tournament, thanks to the play-in tournament, there's now a drama at 5, 6, and 7 as well. Mavericks are right now 41 and 29, half game in front of the Blazers, who are now a half game in front of the Lakers. Hmm. But the Mavericks are one up in the loss. And you don't want to fall down to 7 because then you play in. And the Blazers last night had a great comeback on the Suns in the fourth quarter. And the officials blow the whistle on Portland as Devin Booker is out of control in the lane. Yeah, and it was an uh, I looked to me like a nice bailout call from my perspective, and it certainly was from the perspective of Damian Lillard, who chose his words very carefully in the post game press conference, only to retweet somebody who did the 
carping of the officials on his behalf with the SMFH <laughs> retweet. Is yeah, that going to cost him? Is he going to get fined for a retweet? I don't know. It's just he could basically say he but he but he but tweeted that because it's just four letters, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's up for grabs right now. We're talking about that as opposed to just an 8-9. Right. Also, what's up for grabs is the top seed in the West. Phoenix, with that win last night, just one behind Utah. So there's that. And, you know, the Clippers are kind of battling it out with the Nuggets, potentially, for 3-4. I mean, the entire seedings of the NBA Western Conference could be totally jumbled by all the activity in the final three days of the regular season. Sunday is a full day. Everybody's out there. And we'll see who plays who and who plays who when. And so we don't see any tanking. It's kind of like what the NFL does in the last regular season game where they reconfigure the times to make sure that whoever needs to know a scoreboard watch will know what the result is before their games or doesn't and things of that nature. So I go back and forth whether I like this playing game because I'd love to see the Warriors in. I'm sure the Memphis Grizzlies are like, we got the same record as the as the 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 Warriors, so we should be in there as well. But you don't have Steph F and Curry to use yeah. Draymond Green's phrase. And then in the East, you've got the first seat up for grabs as well. Sixers losing to the Heat last night. Terribly. I mean, that was a big egg that was laid in South Florida by the Philadelphia 76ers. And that game was highly entertaining for the fact that Udonis Haslam comes back for the first time all season, gets a standing ovation. I couldn't, by the way, that when they, when they showed the graphic on the TNT coverage last night, when they showed the graphic on the TNT coverage, uh, 18 years with the team, I was like, wow, that was a number that was way above what I thought. It seems like 25, to be honest. And he comes back and, <laughs> wow. you know, immediately two and a half minutes into his action. Everybody yeah. gives him a standing ovation. First quarter's <laughs> over. Second quarter starts. He gets in the grill of Dwight Howard and puts his finger in his face and then gets ejected. So glad to see you back. <laughs> the only way a Magic, you know, a, a Miami Heat could disappear faster in a, in a home game is to wear the jerseys that we're wearing and then stand in the paint. Again, I don't like sounding like a 51-year-old man about these uniforms where the Knicks are wearing their home whites on the the floor against the Lakers and then last night against the Spurs wearing some weird blue color at home. (laughs) Did you see that last night? They're wearing like their kind of road uniforms. It's a different color of blue, and it's just like, what the hell are we doing? And the Heat were in the same color scheme as the paint. And how, how could I mean, how can you tell whether somebody's been in the paint for three seconds? Because they disappear. It's that's my NBA analysis, is all I'm saying. Wow. <laughs> you said you don't want to sound like the 51. I know I man, do sound but... like one, but I don't, but I don't care because this is this stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. I'd rather sound old railing against something stupid than look young and be silent about something stupid. And I'm wearing a cardigan and I'm fully vaccinated, but Emmy nominated. <laughs> but Emmy nominated. The four, five, six seeds are up for grabs. 
The Hawks, Heat, and Knicks, separated by just a half game, they all have 31 losses. So it's kind of, I mean, what, if you want to avoid the Sixers or the Nets, right? Which you probably do. In the second round, that's what the next level stuff, because you don't have to worry about facing the Sixers and the Nets in the first round, because that's a play-in tournament, which I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I mean, I'd love to see Russell Westbrook play more basketball because of how he's playing, but Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards, with all due respect. You said you're not feeling it, but the way you just described everything sounds pretty cool. No, I, I, I'm not feeling it because I want to make sure that LeBron and and Steph Curry get through. Okay. I mean, am I telling any tales? Nothing wrong with that. I mean, but do they deserve it? Yeah, they do. Why? Because they're LeBron and Steph, and I want to watch them, and so does the rest of the country, and ABC and the NBA need them to play. Yeah. Factual. That's a fact. Yeah. I'm spitting truth here, man. I'm spitting truth. And, Dude, and I'll, I'll say this. I will say okay, this, sir. Okay, then I want to ask you a question. Then I want to ask you a question. I will say this. I will say this. Everybody, uh, you know, everybody got a got a taste here in Los Angeles, to use the old uh, Van Earl Wright way of saying this town. Los Angeles. Everybody here in this town got a little taste, as did the rest of the country, what the NBA and the Lakers will look like when eventually LeBron steps out of the spotlight. Okay. Everybody loves to hate on him. A lot of people do. Not everybody. A lot of people lot of love people. to hate on LeBron. I'm staring at one of them right now. That's you, Christopher Brockman. <laughs> everybody loves to hate on him, man. He makes it so guy, It's a guy up, you know, motor on Pico <laughs> Boulevard who makes a killing. More than me. He probably has a... Fifth floor on his, what, Manhattan Beach Marina condo? You yes. ever see Skip Bayless walk around town, Mike? Uh, I've seen him in his car. Okay, very good. <laughs> driving around. Yeah, I'm sure it's a very nice car. Yes. He has, made, he has made a killing hating on this man. If the Lakers get bounced, if the Lakers, just because of what happens, and everyone will be, oh, my God, Lakers get bounced. That's the story between May 18th and May 21st. What the hell else is everybody going to talk about between the 21st and the middle of June? The rest of the NBA playoffs, sure. But no LeBron? Oh, okay. So, yeah. The play-in tournament after a shortened regular season that could potentially wind up with LeBron getting the gate. And you could say he doesn't deserve it. But at least you get, if he makes it, 10 days of a first-round game against Chris Paul and the Suns. Come on now. Uh, let me ask Come you on now. And maybe this so is a, yeah, you better get him yeah. through. Maybe this is a better question for Jackie, too. If yes. the Lakers are the seventh seed, and they lose to the eighth seed, and they lose to the 9-10 winner and are out, do you think the play-in tournament is one and done? No. I think they love this. I think the league loves this. Even if LeBron James no. is out and the Lakers no. aren't in the playoffs. No, because this is making sure people don't tank even though some are tanking to not make the play-in tournament. That's at least better than people tanking, you know, from nine on down. Right. You know, you're not. And you're also seeing some teams, four, five, and six, trying their hardest to not get into this tournament. You're seeing more action towards the end of the season, for sure. I think they like that. I think they like that a lot. But I think owners like Mark Cuban doesn't like it. You think he likes sitting here sweating this thing out right now? We haven't heard him say anything about it in a while. I'm sure he doesn't like sweating it out at all. So, and I'm sure the league has maybe made it known. That could have, that missive could have pierced the shark tank. 
hey, let's let's uh, let's tamp down on that. But as you know, he's he's still he's still the guy that worked at the Dairy Queen that one time, which was funny. It was. Let's take a break right here. Oh, by the way, Christina Hendricks is on this program as well from NBC's Good Girls, season four of that. And we are all big, huge Mad Men Men fans and certainly fans of her. I Zoomed with Christina Hendricks yesterday and the contents of that conversation is in hour number three, a delightful conversation. Uh, Louis Riddick, Mike Florio, but coming up next to talk about the NBA and the induction ceremony coming up in Springfield, Massachusetts, this very weekend. Jackie McMullen with some great Kobe stories and great Jordan stories and obviously some great insight as to what's going on, if you will, around the horn in the NBA. Jackie McMullen here next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk some putting, people. Let's talk about the white-hot OG family line of putters that has the world-famous, most desirable insert in putters back inside the odyssey white hot line of potters it's the white hot og it's that incredibly famous urethane insert golfers everywhere have come to love you feel it you can hear it the roll is perfect i know because i use these line of putters and they actually make me feel more confident above the ball and that is half the battle the other half the battle is something called my lack of talent The two ball, the Rossi, the number seven, the rest of the head shape sport, modern upgrades, fine surface milling for that ultra premium look to inspire confidence over the ball. White hot OG putters feature, again, that most popular insert of all time, a beautiful balance of nostalgia and craftsmanship. You really have to see to believe legendary, then iconic. Now check out the new white hot OG line of putters today. That family of putters is ready for you and your family at odysseygolf.com. Jackie McMullen, when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. When I spoke to Jeannie, she said that she would have you do anything you'd like for the Lakers franchise. Has she communicated that to you? Yeah. Okay, she has. Yeah. Uh, even a rumor that you might consider even maybe coming out of retirement <laughs> to play one more time for the Lakers. Right. I see you're laughing. Yeah. There's nothing to that, right? There's about a 0% chance that I come back and play. So not even like a... Nothing. Zero. You're toast. You're finished Done. as a player. That's it. Did last year at any point with you going through your first season not yeah. playing basketball? Never. Not once did you Never. think about it? Never. Here's the thing is for us athletes, it's really hard to transition from that, right? And I was really personal about it when I wrote Dear Basketball. But that is the true challenge of finding what comes next and finding something that you love to do every bit as much as you love your first passion. That is a challenge for us. And I think... Unfortunately for us athletes, we've been pigeonholed into thinking that we can only be one thing. And so when I retire, everybody is saying, okay, he's too competitive. He's not going to know what to do with himself. He's going to have to come back. I took that as a personal challenge of them thinking I'm this one-dimensional person. That all I know is how to dribble the ball, shoot the ball, and play basketball and compete at that level. And so I took that as a personal challenge. I will never come back to the game, ever. I'm here to show people that we can do much more than that. And creating this business, winning an Oscar, winning the Emmy and the Annie, those are things that are showing other athletes that come after. No, no, there's more to this thing, right? So I would never, it's not even a, not even a thought. So the, the goal was an EGOT? You want the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, no, you the know, Tony? The, the, challenge, the challenge became, how do I take the lessons that I learned through the game of basketball and translate them into building the studio, right? What are the things that I can take from that? The discipline, um, the commitment, uh, the team and community, how do you get the best out of each other? How do I take those lessons and move those here? Um, that is the challenge. How do we do great work, uncompromising great work? You're not looking at the bottom line. You're focused on the product first, right? Is this the best thing that we can possibly make no matter what? And having that sharp focus is something that I got from the game of basketball. That was a special interview for me personally, guy who I met um, in a uh, ESPN commercial break room with him buying snacks from a machine for a Sports Center commercial while Stuart Scott and I sat there and said everything he was doing was like Jordan. <laughs> that was the construct of the commercial. Then, of course, my wife got to meet him covering him here in Southern California during the Shaq Kobe era. Cannot believe that he is gone. Just can't believe that he is gone. He's going into the Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend. We're back here on our radio show, and we just showed an interview that I conducted with Kobe Bryant in August of 2018. And again, you know, like I said, um, got to know him a little bit better through my wife, who was covering the Lakers and the um, Shaq-Kobe-Phil era quite a bit. Met him again, Kobe Bryant, on the set of a an ESPN Sports Center commercial. And the construct of that commercial was he was buying a 
chips or snack at one of those vending machines, you know, that spins out the snack and you pick it up, you know, through the slot. And Stuart Scott and I are there just murmuring to ourselves in a break room, like whispering how everything he's doing is just like Kobe. He's putting the money in like Kobe. He's eating the chips like, I mean, like Jordan. He's eating the chips like Jordan. And now Michael Jordan is the one who's going to posthumously induct him into the Hall of Fame this weekend. And it was a beautiful piece on this very subject matter by ESPN senior writer Jackie McMullen called The Last Communication Between Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And Jackie, kind enough to join us right here on this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Jackie? Hey, Rich. It's been a while. It has I been. I think I've seen your wife more recently than I've seen <laughs> you, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of people who say that uh, because it's true, and, and I, I appreciate that. She, she sends her best to you, too, Jackie. So um, I'll give you the floor. Um, people who may not have seen your piece, it is beautiful, and it strikes at the heart of the, the, um, the sadness, but also, uh, I guess, uh, commemoration that this weekend is for Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant. I'll give you the floor on on this story about Jordan and the, the final communication between he and, and Kobe. Well, I, th- I think, Rich, those of us close to the game knew how much Kobe reached out to Michael, but I'm not sure that general fans did, um, and particularly near the end of his career, Kobe was talking to Jordan all the time, calling him at all hours of day and night. And, you know, Michael was the first to admit at times it was kind of annoying even because he had made the famous proclamation, hey, if you ever need anything, give me a call. And boy, did Kobe call again and again and again and again. And so that's how this relationship became so strong. Michael's very different um, from Kobe in, in this one way. And you were around Michael, so you know this. He wasn't big on letting everybody in on what he was up to. Hmm. He very much kept it to himself. He didn't court uh, journalists the way Kobe did. Kobe was brilliant at it. I remember when Kobe passed, how many of my colleagues were like, well, I was really close with him. Everybody felt like he was. (laughs) Kobe had that gift to make you all feel like you were on the inside, right? He was good at that. Jordan, much more private. So I think that's uh, why we didn't know the depth of this relationship. I did One of the final pieces I did on Kobe was examining all the role models that he had, all the people that he looked to to become the best that he could be, and including Michael Jackson. You know, he was, he was tapping into Michael Jackson and asking him, you know, he went up to Neverland and asked him about uh, how he learned to, you know, do Smooth Criminal, and Michael Jackson showed him films of Fred Astaire. And he said, you've got to learn from all the greats. Go out and learn from all the greats. And so that's what, that's what Kobe did. He called Larry Bird on the golf course. You know, he very famously went down and spent a weekend with Hakeem Olajuwon so he could learn how to play out of the post. He hit up Dr. J and, of course, Magic and Jerry West and all the great uh, Lakers that he was around as a young player. And, uh, and of course, he hit up Jordan. And I think uh, Jordan, to him, was who he wanted to be. He wanted to be better than Jordan. And Jordan came to view him as his little brother. And I thought the most, uh, you know, this piece that I did the other day, the thing that I thought was most interesting while well, the the final text is heartbreaking for all of us right mm-hmm. the thing that i that jumped out at me that michael said was i think kobe was mentally tougher than me how many people can say that and there jordan is. i don't imagine he'd say it about anybody else and i said well what do you mean by that and he said listen he wanted to be me and all my fans disliked him for it they said stop trying to copy the greatest of all time you're never going to get there and he didn't listen. He just put his head down and continued to do that anyway because their games were so similar. And so that, to me, was quite an admission from the great Michael Jordan, who who obviously is going to be here this weekend and will stand up 
on stage with Vanessa uh, to help induct Kobe into the Hall of Fame. Jackie McMullen here on the Rich Eisen Show. Again, that piece is on ESPN+. Plus. Um, the last communication between Jordan and Bryant, you know, and, you know, I, uh, it, it did hit me, just the fact that he's saving this, right? Like, he just won't. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And and it was um, sent in I'm December, sure right? Like it was that in your life, right? Well, I mean, so I'm I, sure you've I, lost people in your life, Jackie. You know? I'll I'll share with you since you just brought that up. I was literally sitting here thinking, do I share it? I still have the last, I still have the last voicemail that my dad sent me on my phone, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I won't erase that. You know, and it's no. it, you know, and yeah. it, it, and so, uh, what what? Just walk me through what you know, Jordan's thought process of, of keeping it because obviously we all have that sure but, you know and it was sent right. to december right the december before he passed December 8th yeah mm-hmm. it was december 8th right around the holidays and jordan got a text that uh it was right around after noontime about twelve eighteen, and kobe said something like well this tequila is awesome because you know jordan had started the socorro label with um actually with genie bus of the lakers and wick grosbeck of the celtics and west edens of the box they had all kind of combined to do this uh, this great tequila, and he had sent Kobe a bottle of it at the launch, and so he said, oh, thanks, you know, you good? Sure, family good? Yep, yep, everybody's good. And uh, so Jordan just got a real kick out of the fact that Kobe was coaching Gigi. He just thought that was wonderful, and re- like anything Kobe does, had really thrown himself into it. So he decided to have a little fun, you know, as he said, so we'll catch you, you know, happy holidays, and what's, what's this about Coach Kobe? And he said, yeah, you know, you know it, man, and he said, I'm sitting here on the bench right now. We're blowing them out, 45 to 8. <laughs> and that was the last communication between them. And as um, as Jordan said, the reason I saved it, it's just typical Kobe, just the competitiveness of him <laughs> and how much Kobe had really wrapped himself up in his family uh, in his retirement. You know, it's funny when, not funny, but when, right. when Kobe passed, I was skiing, actually, with my family. My, my daughter lives in Colorado and literally stranger came up to me on the mountain to tell me i didn't know i had my phone in my my ski jacket but i wasn't looking at it i was on vacation and when he told me of course i went inside my phone had blown up so i left the mountain i went home to write and i started calling around and so many of the the people that i would have guessed kobe was sort of close to said you know i was close to him but really he had thrown himself into his family his circle was small it was very very small and i remember i texted michael that day and i said look i know this is really hard um, what are you thinking? And he said, too devastated. I have no words because he was part of that inner circle. It's kind of crazy too, Jackie, though. I, I just remember because that was part of the last dance of Kobe and, and Madison Square Garden, you know, waving Carl Malone off the blocks uh, at that all-star mm-hmm. game. Right. And right. And, right. and, and great moment. But it, it, it was. But and how. You know, at the time, the, the brashness of Kobe at the beginning, and you're you're kind of pulling back the curtain a bit about how he was reaching out to a bunch of people, including Jordan. But you know, at the time, it it, it was kind of like you know he was crashing away, you know, an, a, go, a goat party, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and now he's getting into the hall this weekend with Jordan posthumously inducting him, and I'm I'm wondering what you think Kobe would would think of the class going that he's going in with, you know, obviously not the matter, right. but what do you think if he would think of this best you can tell, Jackie? Well, I think, I think he would be very pleased to go in with someone like KG, whose intensity was off the charts, much, much like Kobe's was. And then someone like Tim Duncan, who had a sort of wiseness to the way he played the game, 
evolved over time into a different player, which is something Kobe did. And I think he would have had great respect for that. I would argue this is the most star-studded Hall of Fame class ever with those three in it. And uh, so I think he would have enjoyed his place in it. I think Kobe would have stolen the show. Mm. Even though he's not here, he's going to steal the show. And, you know, that brassness you talked about, that really turned some guys off in the beginning, Rich, as you recall, including Shaq. You know, Shaq in the beginning is like, hey, young fellow, wait your turn. This is my team. And, you know, Shaq told me, very famously told me a story once that Kobe was, you know, going out shooting, hot-dogging, and and Del Harris was the coach and pulled him out and sat him down the end of the bench. And one of um, Jerry Buss's friends came out of the stands and said, put him back in. (laughs) I mean, that's the kind of stuff they were dealing with, you know? It, it was, uh, and, and Jordan's right. He mentions in the piece that you've referenced that people forget it didn't happen all right away for Kobe. He was not rookie of the year, averaging 30 minutes a game. That's not how it went. He had to wait his turn. He had to, you know, he played limited minutes. He had to earn it, and he did, and he did it all on as an 18-year-old kid on a team with guys that were older, savvier, uh, more mature, mm. and, uh, and, and liked to have some fun at his expense at times. You know, he was a kid. And so when you think about that, and Jordan, you know, the word Jordan used was self-made, I think it just makes you admire even more what he was able to accomplish on the basketball court. Jackie McMullen here on the Rich Eisen Show, ESPN senior writer, and um, and also we see uh, Jackie on so many ESPN shows uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do you think Jordan's speech is going to be like? What do you think? Well, you know, I'm not sure... In the end, that Michael's going to be the one doing the talking. There's really? been um, there's been talk now that perhaps Vanessa's going to do the actual talking. Okay. And uh, I think Jordan will probably have some a little bit of sadness, but also relief. He was very concerned about uh, containing his emotions, as as everyone remembers at the Staples Center Memorial. You know, Jordan didn't couldn't contain his emotions, didn't even try, uh, wept through the whole thing. And I would imagine it would be similar here this weekend. Um, so he may not end up being the person that speaks on behalf of Kobe. It may be that his wife, Vanessa, decides to do that. But either way, you, you know, I just I just got here a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And it's all anyone's talking about is Kobe, the emotions of it, that the, the, someone dying so young. And, you know, the tragedy of that helicopter crash with so many people died so young, not just Kobe, not just Gigi. Right. You know, there were other teenagers and young parents mm. on that flight. The hel- You know, the pilot was... I don't think even 50 years old. I mean, a lot of people died young in that during that tragedy. And I always like to mention the other people that lost their lives day because their lives are no less important than Kobe's or Gigi's. And I think Kobe and Gigi would be the first to say that. Well said, Jackie McMillan. Well said. Um, and then, you know, that, that will obviously be quite a remarkable moment. Um, and I'm assuming who else is going to be there? Who else are we hearing that's going to be there? Because this is also... <laughs> Uh, two classes combined and so many people who want to be there and uh, good to right. know that it's, the CDC's change, you know, uh, made made their ruling on Thursday that maybe more and more people might be more comfortable coming now. I don't know. Last minute. I'm just throwing all this together. Yeah, I don't. Head. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's possible, Rich. This thing has been planned for so long. And um, I, you know, I've been doubly vaccinated for months, but I had to still present a negative COVID test when I checked in here today. OK, it's masks on everywhere. Uh, you know, this is one of the most coveted tickets probably in Hall of Fame history in some regards. And because of COVID, they moved it out of Springfield to Mohegan Sun, where they can socially distance a little more effectively. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the great events of uh, Enshrinement Weekend is they always have this pre-ceremony cocktail party, which is just, it's my favorite weekend because 
you know, you you bump into Sam Jones and Oscar Robertson mm. and uh, you know whomever else. Uh, all you know, Spencer Hayward, who's a regular here and just a terrific guy. You always are happy to see him. And uh, and those those pre ceremony receptions are going to be split up into six different restaurants. You can't even have everybody all in the same place. So it's going to be a very different feel to it. Um, but you know, when the when the actual enshrinement ceremony happens on Saturday, everybody's going to be under one roof, and it's. It's, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm going to be there as a spectator on Saturday, not as a journalist. I'm going to be there as uh, what you know, witnessing three guys that I covered closely: Rudy Tomjanovich, of course, oh boy, who I also right. um, you know covered extensively, and I'm so happy for him to get in. The great Tamika Ketchings is getting in, and then someone that people should know more about. Her name is Barbara Stevens. We called her Cardinal Barty Stevens. She was the Bentley College coach in um, West in Waltham, Mass. Not far at all from where I grew up. Actually, she actually recruited my sister when she was at Clark University in Worcester. So I've been following Barbara's career for many years. Very well deserved. She's got over a thousand career wins. She's probably the name people don't know but should know from this class too. She's well deserved to be part of this. You know, really elite group. It's it's going to be fantastic. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad you've given me that perspective, Jackie. I, I just I'll be honest. I just got a really emotional hearing you mention Tamika Catchings for some reason, and, and that is also oh, she's just fantastic, right? Well, she's fantastic. not only fantastic, you know? but the fact is that you know Kobe being a girl dad and right. and what yep. he what yep. what what women's and girls basketball meant to him as well certainly in the final years of his life, I think he would be like over the moon that he's going in with right. her, you know, oh, 100%. like, I don't you know, know, the only thing that's too bad is because of COVID and because this, this ceremony had to be delayed. It's normally in September, you know, the NBA is in full throttle here. So for yeah. instance, and I haven't talked to doc, so I don't know. Doc Rivers has a game today and then he has a game on Sunday. Is he going to try to, you know, scoot in here to be here for KG? Is it even possible? Does it make any sense? Because you know Doc would love to be here. I don't know if I've ever talked to Doc Rivers about KG without him choking up. That's how much he feels for <laughs> KG. And, of course, seriously, they just, you know, he knows that KG was the heart and soul of that 2008 championship team. And then now you've got Greg Popovich, and I haven't looked at their schedule, but Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan were synonymous with one another, probably similar to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And there's a very good chance. I'm, I'm guessing he can't possibly get here because no. again, his team he is play. in schedule. They're I'm playing. looking at I'm looking yeah. at Saturday's schedule, and Phoenix is at San Antonio. I mean, that's a pretty that's not going to happen. Pretty significant yeah. game in the Western Conference standings, and then you right, know, that's the yeah. way. That's, so that's the only shame of it. You know, it's, it normally this event is held when the NBA is idle, right? And it's a shame because I think more players, you know, current players would have loved to have been here. So many of them revered Kobe so much. You know, from, I mean, name them, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all of those guys. They've, they've spoken eloquently how much uh, Kobe meant to them. Jamal Murray, I did a story of Jamal Murray earlier in the year, and he was talking about being invited to Kobe's camp and how it was just a life-changing experience for him. So I think many of those guys, uh, Chris Paul, a lot, another one, if they could be there, they would, but they can't. You know, this is the final weekend of a really bizarre NBA season where playing games are matter and no, almost no team, hardly any teams are out of it. And so it's, uh, you know, won't be quite the same. Well, I'll help you out on this one. There's just two Sixers home games wrapped around the ceremony. And if, uh, if, right. if protocols no, can, if proto- do it. right, if protocols can be followed, maybe Doc will do it. And it's interesting on Saturday, Boston at Minnesota. So two KG franchises that he is so right. synonymous with will play, they're playing each other. 
before I let you go, give me, I mean, Duncan's speech, is there an over-under, like less than five minutes? You got that for me? Well, don't don't you know it's going to be the most hilarious one of all? My over-under is what is he going to wear? I mean, he's not going to wear a tuxedo, right? Is he going to wear a suit and tie? Is he going to button up for us this one time? I don't know. I I can't wait. I mean, (laughs) Tim Duncan to me is endlessly fascinating because he's so tremendously talented, but also just because he was just such a quiet, yeah. Superstar and never really gets his due, in my opinion. Is he the greatest power forward of all time? You can make that case. The, the big fundamental. Yeah. So, um, yep. you know, and then uh, last one, KG speech. I, that one, uh, <laughs> I, I need to, you know, find out if I can, right. you know, see that one live. So, right. you know, that'll well, be. I, you shouldn't get close to it because, like, you might get the spittle. It might be in your <laughs> face. You know, he, he only does things fast and furious. That's the only way he knows how to go about things. So, oh. I, I think it'll all be, it's all going to be great. Jackie, I appreciate the insight again. A beautiful piece that you wrote about Kobe and Jordan. And let's, uh, I'd love to have you back on uh, during the playoffs. Let's, let's talk some hoops. You let's bet. do it. Thanks Anytime. for the call. Enjoy you your day. Thank you. You enjoy the weekend. Yeah. Jackie McMullen here, a senior writer and contributor and commentator for ESPN and analyst right here. I don't know why Tamika Catching, she got, that just hearing her name got me really um, emotional because I know what, what, um, how the world had kind of opened up for Kobe as a girl dad yeah. and what was going on in his world when, um, when it came to a stunning, awful end. And Garnett going in, Duncan. That will be great. It's, it really gonna, be great. it's gonna be and, awesome. and it's and it's wait. something I'm also wait. interested in because th- this is the first Hall of Fame ceremony back in person too. Yeah, you know, actually, Rich, you said it was combined. I think this is just the 2020 class, and they're gonna do, the, do 2020 the 2021 later this okay. fall. Is that right? Because I thought the 2021 is Wilbon, or are they, are they both? Well, the 2020? names are, the names are starting the week out for 2021, but the official announcement isn't supposed to be until Monday for the 2021. Oh, class. okay, yeah, great. Well, Will Bond's gonna be there because he's going in with Breen. Awesome. The broadcasting eight four four two zero for Rich two zero four Rich number to dial. We're gonna have an NFL Hall of Fame conversation based on whose birthday is today, and our poll questions kind of lit about that. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial if you want to have a chat with us, too. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I want to play uh, Celebrity True or False with you, Terry Crews. There's some stuff from some previous interviews of yours and, and on IMDb pages and stuff. I want to know what's true and what's not. True or False, Terry Crews, your first job was as a sketch artist for a local news station in the 80s. True or False? That is true. I started sketching for the station, and they put me on the worst murder case in Flint, Michigan history. I was in the courtroom. I did the courtroom sketches. Did you see the uh, sketch artist that uh, from the Deflate Gate case <laughs> no, with, with, with the Tom Brady? Yeah. It's right oh, up there. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. Come on now well he probably was hungry you know he was he was hangry uh another one you worked on the set as a bodyguard for cube before he cast you on friday after next is that now, a true story now that's true but the bodyguard sounds sexy okay it, it was security guard like i had a t-shirt with a flashlight bodyguard sounds like suits and all that no 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 it was no. more like i was like watching cube's car he's like hey man make sure my car stays there i'm like yes sir yes sir <laughs> And I had my batteries, but this thing, I made sure all my little like polo shirts were really tied up good yeah, on the arms. Medium. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, they were medium, <laughs> all medium shirts, and they were like, oh, I look so amazing. And then he cast you, then he put you in, and then he put me in Friday after the next. What was your role in Training Day? Oh, I was a, a, a uncredited gang member. That was it. I was walked on the set to watch Denzel work, and the director Antoine Fuqua said, "Hey, man, you know what?" I'm gonna put you in this movie. You, you down? I was like, okay, okay. So he, t- he said, take your shirt off. I took my shirt off, and I was the guy on the roof that was uh, flipping pigeons, and the whole thing as Denzel came so down. You just walked on the set to I, see Denzel work. What are you see, talking? I had a friend who were, who was like a location guy because uh-huh. I was doing security. Yeah, and he was like, man, you want to watch Denzel tonight? I was like, yep. See, this is the thing. A lot of your success just comes from proximity. You know what I mean? You can be broke anywhere. I decided to be broke in L.A. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And a lot of great things happen. That was fun, man. By the way, I think Miles Garrett had the same look, Browns colors, in that, oh, yeah. in that also that uh, yoked up look in his velvet suit that he was wearing, just like Terry Crews right there. He's going to bust out of that thing. Uh, absolutely. Right? That was fun. Uh, we're going to have a uh, celebrity true or false with Christina Hendricks in oh, number nice. three. Big time stuff with her. Uh, Mike Florio will be joining us in about 14 minutes time. Lewis Riddick in the middle of hour number two. He has already tweeted up about a big day for him that he's upgraded his audio visual equipment in his home. And, and he's, he's very super excited about it. He's very excited about it. Okay. So he got rid of the disc man. He I got rid of his be, blue. Yeah. His, his May have upgraded from Betamax to Betamax VHS. is a good one, man. Beta Memorex. Man. Is it live or Memorex? Nice. You couldn't tell, tell by the tape. tape. You know? <laughs> We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio audience as well. Girls 5 Eva is a new show that's Ooh. right here. A Peacock original with a fantastic cast. Lots of fun. Right here streaming right now on Peacock. So many different... New shows, originals, movies, TV, of course, our live channel, NBC Sports on Peacock. I follow Dan Patrick, the show, every single day. Check it all out on PeacockTV.com to get Peacock for free right here 
uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, Christina Hendricks in hour number three. She's on Good Girls. I have a a uh, a good uh, fun Zoom time chat with her. You're gonna tune in for that. We'll play Celebrity True or False and more. Poll question, Christopher, involves a, a, a birthday today involving somebody that uh, you like to talk about <laughs> and uh, not in a very uh, flattering way. Go for it, Chris. I don't know if that's an appropriate way to frame this, okay. but um, <laughs> it's Frank Gore's 38th birthday today. <laughs> TJ, what prop, What What better way should I frame it? I don't know. Am how I wrong? You, what did I say that was an improper way of setting things up? I honestly don't know that you could have done a better Thank job framing Thank you, TJ Jefferson. Based well, upon what we know about Chris and his feelings towards His stance Frank on the Gore. inconvenient yes. truth. Yes. Here's so. I don't like to talk about Frank Gore because I only like to talk about Hall of Famers. So what am I saying? Yeah, I mean. That's all. Okay, Chris, go for it. Which player most deserves to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, all of these players were recently retired. Frank Gore hasn't officially retired, but he is a free agent at the moment. At age 38. At age 38. His 38. son is running in college right now. University of Pittsburgh. Frank Gore. It's amazing. Frank Gore, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Julian Edelman. Most mm-hmm. deserves to make the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of people who think all of them should be in and none of them should be in. One of them should be uh-huh. in. Two of them should be in. Eli. Eli's won twice. I'm wondering this about Eli's Hall of Fame candidacy. Will it be potentially Tom Brady's ultimate revenge <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the fact that the two times that Eli has beaten Tom that used to be the metric by which you're in the Hall of Fame. You've won twice at quarterback. You've won twice as a quarterback. That gets you in the Hall of Fame. And if it hasn't, then, you know, it is only a matter of time. Right? Yes. Okay. That used to be the metric by which you get in. It was. Yeah. Now, now, because Brady has won so damn many of them. Seven. Does that now raise the bar that you've no. got to win three to get in? No, no. Brady's on his own planet. He's an anomaly. No, I know that. Like but it's own. now. But now, now, but moving right. forward. You're right. Now I mean, two doesn't even aspects, get you. Now like, two doesn't even get you one third of the way to the most of anybody that's won it. Two used to be half. Two used to be halfway. That's why it was like a metric by which you're in the Hall of Fame. You've won twice. You are in the Hall of Fame. Here's a- Kurt went three times. Won once in his three times that he played in the Super Bowl. He was the most prolific single-game passer in Super Bowl history, the second most, and the third most, until Tom Brady knocked him out of the top two spots of that in a couple of his appearances in recent memory. Not, you know. Second go-round. In the second go-round, pushing 40 and then over 40 is what he's done. So I'm, I'm just saying that, or, that's one side. I'm making the case for Eli Manning here because I think he should be in. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. So, but, you know, and and I say this because my my opinion has evolved on Eli. My buddy, Doug Robinson, who's not, I think he's on the East Coast. Normally, he's driving around here and he's listening to me. And he's a diehard Giant fan. And even he does not think Eli's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I used to say first ballot. I don't think Eli Manning's going to be a first ballot. I don't Hall of think Famer. so either. I don't think so. Either. I I I, I don't I do think, think so. It's in. possible. 
It's like a TL situation. No, I think the Manning brothers bus will be talking to each other forevermore at some point. Yes. But I'm making the case for Eli here. In the same way that I said Brady's won so many that it's going to mess with the concept of twos, usually the metric, the resume builder for you to get in the hall in Canton. The fact, though, that Brady's won so many, does that make that less than? Or he the fact that Brady has curve. won so many and that Eli's beaten him twice, preventing him potentially from approaching double digits. And the perfect season. I mean, here's my Does theory. Does that put Eli in in that regard, that he was able to beat Brady in this game that he's won seven times twice? Does that mean Nick Foles has a better candidacy as well down the right, road? Exactly. Think of it like a pizza pie. Okay, Mike. Oh, Mike. Eight slices. Okay. Brady has gets his own pie. He's good. Eli gets two slices of the pie. That's a lot for the pie, in a sense, if you have a, multiple people. Yeah, it's true. So like two slices of a pizza Please pie yeah. is, is it, a lot. The third one is the gluttonous it's, one. Exactly. The yeah. third one, when you go in for a third and one, like, oh. and I, I'm just speaking to the rest of America here outside of the New York City metropolitan area. We're talking about New York slices. Exactly. We're not talking about these slices that you get in the Midwest that literally you could you could fit in half of your hand, okay? Exactly. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about big, huge-ass New York City slices of pizza. Fold when you go eat. for your third one, yeah. it is, uh, it's a choice. Yes. It's a choice. It's a choice. So... Two slices of the, the pot. All right, good. just some stats here. Just throwing out some stats here. So Frank Gore has 16,000 exactly career rush yards. That's third all time. On the head? It's he, not 16,001? 16,000 exactly. Wow. He has 81 career rushing touchdowns, which is 19th all time. Everyone ahead of him except for four in the Hall of Fame. He's a five-time pro bowler. Eli is but there's eight. only two other human beings in front of him on the all-time rushing list. Correct. Eli is eighth all time in passing yards, ninth in That's, passing touchdowns. In. Philip is fifth in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Fifth. He's going to be like, it, 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 the case for him is going to be, well, Dan Fouts is in. He should be in. Right. You know, because that's the, the you know, no yeah. Super Bowl appearances. Exactly. Just All the, those yards for lightning bolt. All bowl. the yards, all the touchdowns, playoff appearances. Mm-hmm. And Edelman's claim to fame, of course, is postseason, three-time Super Bowl champ, second all-time career playoff receptions and yards. Have you posted this? Because I will hit it. I have posted it. All right. I will hit it right now. Well, I'm on the show page right here, so I'll have to do it on my phone during the break here. And then I had another uh, poll question. It's Robert Zemeckis' birthday today, oh. the famed director. What's your favorite Zemeckis movie? Back to the Future, Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Castaway. Okay. I like it. Oh. And it's Gronk's birthday. So Is it really Gronk's go, birthday? We could go in any direction with oh, him. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, Gronk's 32 today. He's 32. That's <laughs> He's 32. Yeah. That's it. He's young. That's right. He made the Hall of Fame essentially before he was 30. Yes, he did. Unbelievable. And then he came back Mike and won Florio, a Super Bowl. Florio, Lewis Riddick. We're going to be all up. I'll ask both of these guys the poll question. What do they think is most deserving of enshrinement? I think they're going to choose a running back, my friend. You think he'll finish last. I think he's going to finish no, first. No, he'll probably finish first because people like him. I don't know. But Mike Florio, Lewis Riddick, and you, 844-204-RICH, hour two. But, but again, my argument though. against Frank Gore. And Which is a stat compiler is what you're saying. But just take him off of this list. You, you, can, you can't tell the story of the NFL without the other three guys. He's got a point. But Frank Gore, 
I, I know you're saying that you. But if Frank Gore never existed, oh come on, nothing, it, nothing about the NFL changes. If if the other three guys don't exist, the NFL is a lot different. How does something from today? Philip Rivers fall into that category? Yeah, how does, what does what does he do that that changed the NFL? What are you looking at me change, for? What did he, what did he do to change him? He, yes. Yeah. I mean, if that's your yeah, argument, then then what? How can Philip Rivers even be in this conversation? Playing a playoff game with no ACLs. Frank Gore ran for a hundred yards and a score in a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. They were one play away. Like nobody that remembers that except you two. <laughs> you know what that not, Super Bowl is remembered for? The lights going out. That's actually true. Philip never played in a Super Bowl, and you're like saying he had a great playoff game against my team. That's why you remember it. That's not what I said. But that's why you remember it, though. But that's not what I said. But oh, all right, hold on. You remember it because he had, he had no ACL in his right. knee, and both he right. had an incredible game against your Patriots. You're both right here. Philip, they could you could tell a story without. But Phil I, or but Frank. see, this is the problem You're is that right. I don't want to have this conversation because it is so negative. It is negative. It's not, it is right. negative. Because I don't want to have it men, either. You could like if, and I, I if so and so never guys, existed should not be the merit. All four by guys which are you... going to make it, so it's 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 kind of a moot point. You, I don't know if Julian Edelman is going to make the Hall of Fame. Oh, ever. Yeah. I, if we want to take a futures bet on it, I'll take all action. I'll side bet with Brockman against you guys. Down the road, he's one of those guys in, on the Veterans Committee in 15 that. years. I mean, he's going to make it. Like Lynn Swan? Lynn Swan yeah. is just, like, come on. But yeah. Lynn Swan, had, I mean, Lynn Swan had, I think, some regular season numbers that eclipse Edelman's. I'm not they sure off the top of my head. They win that game in Houston because of Edelman. End of story. They, they don't make... Lynn Swan had two of the greatest catches of all exactly. time in the same half of a Super Bowl. Well, Edelman had yeah. what was Edelman? No, Edelman. Yeah. No, no, Edelman no, was MVP. If you're going to use that as a metric, well, no, then he's just kind of like that opens the door for Julian Lynn Edelman. Swan yeah. a little bit. And I was just pointing out that Lynn Swan. I don't know Lynn Swan's statistics regular season off the top of my head, but they I'm imagining. They were kind of pedestrian. They weren't. They didn't jump off. Florio's coming up next to talk about what in the world's going on with Deshaun Watson's lawyer and the lawyers in Houston and all sorts of stuff.